Hi everyone, it's Sandy Cruz from Sandy K Nutrition, health and lifestyle queen. And I'm here to show you that balanced living works. This is especially for all you ladies over 40. We will cover a range of exciting topics with many special guests and I really look forward to this season. Bye for now. Hi everyone, welcome to Sandy K Nutrition Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have Dr. Bill McGraw. This was such an enjoyable interview. We had a lot of fun. He is so charismatic and interesting to speak with and full of so much information about aluminum, mercury toxicity. Those are the main things that we talked about how it affects your brain, what you can do, detoxing, and all the fun things. He provides us with so much information that I don't think people really even think about. Even this week, here's an example. There's a local farm that I will buy their chicken pot pies from. They make them without any additives or preservatives, and these are great for times when you just don't want to cook from scratch. Well. All of these chicken pot pies are in aluminum foil and they're frozen. It is literally the easiest thing in the world just to pop off that aluminum foil baking dish and put it in a corningware when you're baking it. These are such small things. I know you guys are probably like, oh my God, but I'm always about doing all the little things every single day just to mitigate the long-term effects and the buildup effects. So I do this. I also don't make, you know, anything in foil. You know, the barbecue. I remember back in the day, I would wrap my spare ribs in foil and cook it on the barbecue. Like, you guys... All that stuff leaches into our body. And there's a reason why they're called heavy metals. They're hard to get out. So think about that, especially if you're in midlife. These are all the little things that you may not have thought about when you're younger, but you probably would want to think about them now. You might also want to think about an HTMA, hair trace mineral analysis. Figure out what's in your body. Are they at any kind of dangerous level? These are things that can affect your brain health down the road, guys. So that's all I'm going to say about that. couple of announcements, of course. If you are looking to sponsor my podcast, please get in touch with me. I'll send you over a media kit and we'll see if we are a fit. Sandy at sandyknutrition.ca. Also, I would welcome you, if you're a listener, to share my podcast with someone you think would benefit. That's number one. And of course, I always appreciate reviews. And yeah, I am a registered holistic nutritionist. I do work with women over 40, 45. And in March, I am looking at taking clients again, although I am still kind of mulling through my mind on how I am going to restructure my practice, which allows me enough time 
to continue to podcast like I do now because it is my true, true, true love. I love what I do. And I do love working with clients as well, but I just only have so much bandwidth to do all of this. Please go and follow me, Twitter, Sandy K Nutrition, Instagram, at Sandy K Nutrition, Facebook. Go to my private women's Facebook group. If you're a woman over 40, I'm starting to be a little more active there. Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. You have to answer a few questions there, and then you're in the group. Last thing, I am on TikTok. I'm also on Pinterest. I'm kind of everywhere, you guys. So look for me there. If you are interested in aging better, in biohacking, and doing all the things just to benefit your overall wellness in kind of an alternative way, definitely go find me wherever you are on social media. And if you want to work with me, send me an email or get in touch with me through DM sandy at sandyknutrition.ca. And now I'm going to cut on through to the interview with Dr. Bill McGraw. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sandy K Nutrition Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have Dr. Bill McGraw. And Dr. Bill is a research scientist in the fields of environmental science, aquaculture, fisheries, coral reefs, and health. He has experience working and living in five countries with responsibilities ranging from writing detailed business plans for agriculture projects to managing startup companies and consulting on various global research projects. His current activities range from publishing research in scientific journals and on websites to detoxing clients from heavy metals and treating people using rife that's R-I-F-E, technology. So welcome, Dr. Bill. Thank you for coming today. Uh, thanks very much for having me, Sandy. It's great to be here. You've got quite the bio, and you've done quite a lot. So I guess it's always good to start with how how did you get into this? Okay, if we go back 15 years, I'm living in South Africa. I'm working on a multi-million dollar aquaculture project. I'm the only research scientist, the only PhD the only person who actually has a degree in aquaculture. And at that point in time, I was working 15 hours a day. I wasn't looking after myself. Um, uh, And I just started experiencing insomnia in the form of sleeping for four hours and I'd wake up and I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. So I went to see an MD as you do and they gave me prescription drugs and it worked for a few months. And then I was back needing a new drug and this went on for a couple of years. Eventually, the insomnia turned into uh, anxieties where I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and my blood pressure would be 210 over 120 and I'd feel like I was dying basically. So uh, I think the last MD I saw gave me a prescription for benzodiazepine and told me, don't ever come back. He said, I don't ever want to see you again. I'm all out of drugs. And I had, of course, went to naturopathic doctors and none of them could help me hook me up to all these different machines and gave me these expensive bags of herbs and teas to make. And I did everything they told me and ionic foot baths and all kinds of crazy stuff. And nobody could help me. And at the end of the day, I just got so sick of everything. I decided to fix it myself. And so I began reading alternative health books, everything I could get my hands on, every single topic you could possibly imagine I've read. I got into reading research papers, the same sort of intensity and passion that I had for all the other areas of science that I worked in. I put 
I put that same intensity into, into health. And I figured it out. I had a mineral deficiency of potassium and magnesium. And when I supplemented with that, my anxiety was immediately gone. My insomnia improved. And then I had to figure out, well, how did I get this mineral deficiency? And that, of course, was from heavy metals, which I figured out when I did a hair test. Uh, I figured out I was high in mercury. It was competing with the good metals in my body, preventing utilization, transfer, and absorption of good metals. And so that was causing the whole problem. So the next step was to detox from mercury. I hope you guys are really enjoying this episode as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. But I have to talk to you a little bit about a product that I totally love. And this product is called WaveBlock. Did you know that wireless earbuds, cell phones, and many other Bluetooth products function by emitting radiation? Well, if you've been listening to me and following me for a while, you know that they do. Did you know that this radiation is even more harmful for children than adults? In fact, in 2019, more than 250 scientists signed a petition asking the International Public Health Organization to create stronger guidelines and warnings on the use of wireless and Bluetooth electronics. Scientists have strong evidence to believe that EMF radiation causes several different health problems. WaveBlock products are perfect for you if you always have your phone in your hand or at your head, or if you're using those AirPods to listen to podcasters like myself for many hours a day. Here at WaveBlock, they choose not to turn away from the latest and greatest technology. Hey, are you really going to tell your teenager that they can't use their AirPods? Or how about their phone? Right. I'm sure you know exactly my pain. So at WaveBlock, they dedicated themselves to hours of research, engineering, and testing to create a safer way to use your favorite electronic products. WaveBlock stickers, which have hundreds of five-star reviews, are made to easily attach to cell phones and wireless earbuds so that you can enjoy your favorite gadgets with lowered risk by significantly reducing your exposure to radiation. How? The stickers are lab proven to deflect EMF waves away from the brain. You can watch a video about how WaveBlock stickers work at waveblock.com. Get 20% off today when you use code SANDYK20 at waveblock.com. WaveBlock, products that protect you, designed in Los Angeles, California. Now remember, SANDYK20 will give you 20% off. And now, back to the podcast. Well, after reading thousands of books and research papers, I decided to write a book. And that took 12 hours a day for a whole year. And then I published the book on Amazon. And then I just began studying more and more alternative medicine. I got so far into it, I couldn't quit. I loved it so much. And so I began treating, treating people for all different kinds of diseases, heavy metal detox, rife technology I got into one day. And I just took to it like, like it was second nature, like I was made for it. And I got into other areas of alternative health and 
eventually started working on a degree in naturopathic medicine and just kept treating and treating more people. So I've been doing that for the past six years. I've been treating people and I have about a 90% success rate treating people for about every kind of chronic disease condition you could possibly imagine. Wow. Okay. That's quite a bit. Like, let's, let's talk about heavy metals a little bit. Because I think that that's a really interesting topic because I've done the hair trace min mineral analysis. And interestingly enough, I did that, oh, I would have been probably in my late 30s, early 40s. And I used to sure. be a smoker. And it was crazy when it came back. And I did this with a naturopath doctor many, many years ago. And then I did it again. Um, I think it was not even two years ago, and I've been using an infrared sauna about five days a week, a dry infrared sauna. I do a lot now compared to back then, you know, when I was a smoker and all those things. So let's talk about how it heavy metals can accumulate in the body a little bit, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Right. And then, Absolutely. yeah, like, and why they're not great, why you don't want heavy metals. Okay. We'd have to, you know, the classic heavy metal that most everyone is talking about is going to be mercury. And there's the reason for that, it's an incredible story. And that's why my book wound up being 400 pages, 500 sources. There are actually more sources than that, but I, I just stopped it at 500. It got out of control. Yeah. <laughs> so in the beginning, when you're born, oftentimes you're born with a mercury burden from your mother because your mother typically, if we're going back 40, 50 years, uh, the average middle-aged person is born with a mercury burden because the mercury goes right past the placental barrier and it begins accumulating the embryo tissue. It's very attracted to embryonic tissue and has no problem accumulating there. So you're born with a certain amount of mercury. After that, of course, you get shot up with a number of vaccines that contain adjuvants, which of course back then was mercury. Now from then, you go on to getting your number of mercury amalgam fillings. Now, when I was a teenager, specifically, I remember the, the dentist giving me these mercury amalgam fillings. I think I was on some sort of uh, dental plan. And what? he said, oh, mix the amalgams. I specifically remember him saying, mix the amalgams, not mix the mercury amalgams, but just mix the amalgams. And so, you know, the, the machine goes around and, you know, in, in go, my, in go the, the heavy metals into my teeth, which is 50% mercury, the mercury amalgam fillings. So they're in my body for 25 years. You know, they're in there. Now, during that time, I'm eating carnivorous fish. Remember, I'm an aquaculture guy. I'm a hardcore fisherman. I'm out there eating all kinds of carnivorous fish. Mm -hmm. Before I go to South Africa on my trip, I get 12 vaccines, some which were mandatory. Now, back then, I really didn't understand the dangers of adjuvants. So I had to educate myself because neither did any of the medical doctors, neither did any of the naturopaths I saw. They didn't ever ask me, well, how many vaccines have you had over the course of your life? This is something I always ask my clients that I treat. How many vaccines have you had? How many mercury malcolm fillings? Do you have you ever lived near a coal burning power plant? Now, interesting enough, when I got done my book, one thing I didn't realize is I grew up in a house that burned coal 365 days a year mm -hmm. for heat and for hot water. And who do you think was the guy who had to take out the ashes and fill the coal bin in oh, the cellar? Wow. Well, that was your truly, yours truly. Mm. I acquired that job being the only, uh, the only boy in the family, and my sisters called me the golden boy. Hi, they have no idea. <laughs> so what had happened was I'm down there as I'm, as I'm, you know, and I could see the, the the fire burning, and I'm stoking the flames, and I'm filling the hopper, and it was a, 
you know, filling filling the whole the furnace thing and taking out the, the ashes and all that. And I'm inhaling, I'm inhaling mercury gas because coal is basically 0.1 part per million mercury. And all mercury burns off from that coal and is given off into the environment. So I'm exposed to that. So we're talking so many different sources of mercury that... I was, of course, I'm going to be overcome, overwhelmed. Now, mercury is funny that it accumulates 80% in the kidney, uh, 10 to 15% in the liver, 5 to 10% in the brain. It will continue to accumulate if the body doesn't get rid of it. It's not going to leave it in the blood. A couple of days after you take your mercury, either you're going to you're going to get rid of it through the liver and kidney, or it's going to accumulate in the liver and kidney. Mm-hmm. And so that continues until you reach a threshold. Once that threshold is reached, you will now begin to really experience the symptoms of mercury toxicity. And what might they be? They are vast. For me, it was insomnia. I had headaches most of my life. It turned into anxiety due to mineral deficiencies. It's aches and pains. It's immune deficiency. It's neural inflammation. Uh, The list goes on and on and on. There are so many different diseases associated with mercury toxicity. It would take a life of chronic Chronic fatigue syndrome is classic mercury toxicity. Uh, breathlessness, a lack of stamina, uh, depression is classic mercury toxicity. One of the people that really talked about depression, the association of depression and mercury amalgam fillings, was uh, Hal Huggins, Dr. Hal Huggins, dentist. We're going back to the 1980s. This was a guy who was pioneering mercury toxicity from mercury amalgam fillings, and he's the one who said, look, all of my patients who have mercury amalgam fillings, two things. One is if they have depression, they get over it when the mercury amalgams are removed and they detox from mercury. And the second thing he said is that when people have a lot of candida overload in the gut that they cannot get rid of no matter what they do, it's always related to heavy metals. Heavy metals are decreasing the immune system response to the, to the yeast overload and they don't get over it until they get rid of the heavy metals. Now, this was a paramount work for the beginning of understanding mercury toxicity. Another guy along the lines is going to be a chemist in the 1980s who had a book called Mercury Amalgam Illness. And what he talked about was deranged mineral transport. And I can't, I'm sometimes bad with names, but people know who I'm talking about. Uh, He was a chemist um, geez, sometimes I draw a blank for those names. But if you look up, it's called Mercury Amalgam Illness. It's hard to find a copy. It's a classic text. And what this chemist figured out was that mercury causes problems with the absorption and utilization and transfer of the good metals around the body. And so that's how the mineral deficiencies are created. And they're not going to be sorted out. You can supplement with minerals, but you're still going to have the problems with the minerals until you get rid of the mercury, which typically takes two years. And as you mentioned, saunas, uh, the intestinal binders, and of course, the uh, liposomal vitamin C and glutathione is what I use for my clients. Mm. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of information. <laughs> no, those, that, are, those are great. And, and so let's backtrack a little bit because I had two of the mercury amalgam feelings in, in my mouth. And they were from, I don't know. I'm sure I was a teenager, like late teens, something like that. And Mm -hmm. I had them removed since. Now, isn't isn't there a special process? Like, don't you have to be really careful when you remove them? And can you actually have even more toxicity when it's initially removed because it's, like, been disturbed? Yes. 
couple of points I want to make on that. Look, if you have adequate ventilation and you have a dam in, in placed inside the mouth, so when the dentist is grinding and drilling out the pieces of mercury amalgam, every last piece is taken out. Uh, and the, the, the vapors that are produced, because this drill is actually creating a vapor as it's grinding through the mercury amalgams. So you're removing the, the vapor and you're removing the mercury amalgams. Now, some dentists go overboard and, and charge you ten and ten and $15,000 to remove these mercury amalgams because they have NASA-like equipment. And there's maybe specialists and consultants standing by. Look. Don't get crazy. There's a couple of things you need to do. One is you have to have a dam that's placed inside the mouth, which is basically just a sheet of rubber plastic that they place in there to collect all of the particles that are drilled out of your teeth. Number two, there has to be adequate ventilation. That is all of the vapor that's given off from drilling the mercury amalgams has to be taken away. Those are the two basic things. I've seen dentists charge patients fifteen and twenty thousand dollars to take out a couple of mercury amalgams. Look, when I had mine taken out, uh, I think it cost maybe eight hundred dollars to have all ten removed. There was ventilation. There was a damp place in the mouth, and I had no adverse effects. Uh, you know, I was mercury toxic. There wasn't anything going on after that. Really, no, no toxic effects after getting the mercury amalgams out. You can take activated carbon in the form of about a quarter to a half teaspoon, maybe twice a day for a week or two weeks after mm -hmm. you get your mercury amalgams out, which will help to absorb any mercury in the body and you'll pass it out the gas through the gastrointestinal tract, which is typically where about 80% of all the mercury goes uh, when you're getting rid of it. It all goes through the gallbladder attached to glutathione typically, which the body makes. It's the body's master chelator. And it goes out through the gastrointestinal tract every day with natural excretion, excretionary processes. So that's how it's done. Yeah, I don't... I don't recall, I think my dentist kind of laughed at me when I, I said, don't you have to do this a certain way to make sure that I don't become toxic? And he kind of laughed at me. Sure. And sure. Um, he wasn't a holistic dentist. I know that there's some out there, but I didn't have any problems afterwards. And then I redid my hair trace mineral analysis and things look pretty good. Like I can't right. complain. Now... You know, I do know there's a reason they call them heavy metals because they're heavy and they're not right. that easy to get out of the body. So right. let and 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 they can disturb the balance, like you were saying, of all the other minerals that are really, really critical and important to wellness. Right. So let's talk about like, you know, because I also have done some research that it can be pretty unsafe to do, you know, chelation and right. detox and that kind of thing if the body's not strong. So how does right. that whole process work, Bill? Okay, first off, mercury is diabolical in two different ways. One is it attaches to sulfur on proteins. That's the organic mercury form. Look, way back in the 1800s, people used to drink elemental mercury to fix constipation. Now, a lot of them developed what they called at the time mercurial tumors, which was intestinal cancer. However, the point I'm making is that elemental mercury can be a whole lot less toxic than the organic mercury form. The organic mercury form is formed in anaerobic sediments. Any place you're going to have an anaerobic environment, there are anaerobic bacteria that turn elemental mercury into the organic methyl mercury form and then that's very dangerous because it has a tendency to attach to sulfur you have sulfur throughout your entire body every protein every complex protein has sulfur so it attaches the sulfur in particular hemoglobin and renders that protein molecule which is a lot of enzymes 
it renders it just about useless. So it's attached to the sulfur of the proteins and it goes out through the entire part of the body. Now to get rid of it, you're going to have to have a chelator that contains sulfur that pulls the mercury off of the protein molecule. And once it's attached to, to the glutathione, which is typically what happens, it then needs to carry a protein. It gets carried around through the blood, in through the liver, through the gallbladder. And you better have a clean gallbladder. They're not going to work too well because that's important for detox is yeah. storing fats and fats are carrier molecules for these for these toxins like mercury and then out through the gastrointestinal tract which is something that happens all the time now back in the day andrew cutler that's the name of the guy we need to talk about when i said about okay. mercury amalgam if feelings from the in the 1980s there were two important people that set the stage for the beginning of the understanding of mercury toxicity one was hal huggins the dentist who but died of a heart attack. He was put in prison because he said too much uh, about being able to cure cancer and mercury amalgam fillings. They didn't like him much. He, okay. he suddenly died of a heart attack when he got out of prison. I'm not going to get into that. The other guy is Hal. Uh, the other guy is uh, Dr. Andrew Cutler. Now, and he he died maybe about five years ago. Okay, so one of the things that he looked at was that when people he he was an advocate of your classic chelators, your DMS. DMSA and your DMPS. The problem with that is they're really good chelators. They bind to that mercury. They, they grab a hold of it and then they let it go. So they last about three hours or five hours or eight hours, and you have to take the chelators every three or five hours. Well, what's going to happen is the DMSA is going to let the mercury go. It's going to redistribute, and you're going to develop new symptoms. You're going to develop aches and pains. One of the classic symptoms of mercury toxicity and redistribution of mercury in the body is is short-term memory loss. So how are you going to remember to take your chelators when you have short-term memory loss from the mercury reaccumulating, redistributing throughout your body? That's one of the diabolical things about mercury is it prevents itself from getting being taken out of the body. The second thing is that mercury destroys the function of the liver and kidney because that's the two main organs where it's stored. Well, these are the organs responsible for getting rid of mercury out of your body. Yeah. So once mercury gets into the body, it actually sets up shop to be in your body forever. Classic point, another book. There isn't a mercury book I haven't read. Type A, classic type A, right? So there's a woman by the name of Dr. Jane Hightower who wrote a very complex book about the politics of mercury called, let's see, Murder politics, poison, something like that, a bad with names sometimes. But the name of the author is Dr. Jane Hightower. Now, when she was studying medicine medical school, her professors told her, look, don't bother worrying about mercury, Jane. Mercury stays in your body forever. Don't even think about it. Now, why would they say such a thing? Hmm. They said such a thing because mercury attaches to proteins, and everybody has tons of proteins and sulfur in their body. It just keeps going around and around. It settles in tissues, which it has the most affinity for. What are they? Kidney, liver, and the brain. The 5 to 10% of the mercury stored in the brain in areas responsible for the diseases of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and dementia and MS and Lou Gehrig's disease. These are all mercury neural neurotoxicity diseases for a neural fibrillary tangles, tau proteins get destroyed, the neural tissue is destroyed, and you lose cognitive functions. If you've ever worked with Alzheimer's patients like I did 25 years ago, gosh, it's actually longer than that, time flies, you understand that these people lost the ability for facial recognition, short-term memory, and simple tasks. Yeah. One of the Alzheimer's patients used to come to me every day, and he said, Bill, I need to ask you something. I should, sure, Tom, what's going on? He said, should I wash my face in the morning? And I said, yes, you should. 
Yes, you should wash your face. I mean, it was that kind of loss of cognitive function, day-to-day skills, simple things, because that's the part of the brain that was disturbed, and that's the neural tissue that was destroyed. That was the function that was disrupted for these people. So you've got to understand when we're talking about why is this thing so terrible, is it because it has an incredible affinity for the sulfur, and and to compete with that sulfur on that protein, you have to have a chelator that hangs on to the mercury longer than a couple hours. Because back in the 80s, when Dr. Andrew Cutler was telling people to take the DMSA, the DMPS, they were grabbing onto the mercury, but they were also letting it go just as good. They were very good at grabbing mercury, but they were just as good as letting it go. So the problem was that they were the mercury was being grabbed by these chelators, these synthetic chelators, and it was being left go just as quickly. So people were getting sicker and they were getting yeah. brain fog and they were forgetting to wake up in the middle of the night to take their chelators and they were getting sick. If you read these recent books, if you go on Amazon, you look up mercury toxicity, besides mine, and you read my story, which I've told you about, you can, and I had a lot of brain fog and aches and pains and headaches, all kinds of madness, anxiety, as I've told you. Uh, but there's other people who have written these books that will tell you the hell they went through when they used cis, the synthetic chelators. So that's what okay, those are, use, Bill? The DM, right. What those are actually synthetic chelators. They're just chemicals that you're taking to hang and grab the mercury from the proteins in your body and and pass them through the gastrointestinal tract. That's what those okay. things are. But there are there is a new age group of scientists such, such as Dr. Chris Shade, who's like Mr. Mercury. And I studied his work and I studied at Hardcore Taipei. And I learned so much from him. The new age is really sweat therapies. And there are so many stories I could tell you about mercury. For instance, the biggest mercury mine in the world is called the Almaden Mine in Spain. Uh, this has been around, for, this mine's been around for thousands of years. In fact, Almaden means mercury, or it means mine in Arabic. Okay, there's your, there's your uh, uh, a quote for the day that's uh, simple. Uh, and what happened is when these people got sick in the mine from mercury, they had the opportunity to do a lot of different things. But one of the things they did, they sent them to a, an entire room full of heat lamps, and they walked around, drank water, and sweat the mercury out of the blood. The reason for that, they didn't take synthetic chelators, is because sweat has an incredible propensity to level out the, the heavy metals in your, in your blood. Okay, and what that means is it's going to take out mercury and arsenic and all kinds of trash. Even the undigested prescription drugs are going to come out of your sweat, but it's going to level it out. It's not going to pull everything out at once and then have all this crap dumped from your tissues into the blood at one time. It's leveling out the mercury, leveling out the arsenic so that it's at a constant level. So you're not going up and down like this, like the synthetic chelators do. Okay, you have to understand when that mercury first gets into the blood, there's two things that are going to happen. One, if you're an efficient detox person, your body's going to make glutathione and you're going to dump the mercury or heavy metal out of your body before it goes into the liver and kidney. Right. Once it's in the liver and kidney, there's only one way out, baby, and that's back into the blood, back around through the liver or through the sweat glands. So basically you have to you get you have to toxify yourself. You toxify yourself when you take in the mercury, and then you toxify yourself when you get rid of the mercury from your tissues back into the blood. So you don't want to overdo it. If you overdo it by taking, taking synthetic chelators, and a lot of people take them all at once, and they grab onto all that mercury, and the mercury is sort of grabbed onto, and then the body says, well, okay, it's detox time. You go into detox mode. The body throws more mercury into the blood. 
Now you've got a ton recirculating into the body through the brain. Remember, mercury goes right past the blood-brain barrier, attached to proteins, and then it attaches to certain areas in the brain causing neurotoxicity, and then you have short-term memory loss. You have all kinds of mental problems associated with simple tasks. When I was going through my detox, I had problems remembering to turn off faucets. I mean, it was that bad. I'd turn on a faucet doing my work or whatever, and I'd forget to turn it off because I was going through this massive mercury detox. I was eating handfuls of culantro and all sorts of bad cilantro is what you call it. In yeah, the yeah. Because I just did not understand the process. There really weren't a lot of books to tell you right from wrong back then, which is going back six, eight years before I began studying medicine and I began writing the book. Now there are books. My book will tell you how to do it. Sweat therapies will level it out. So the reason why it's so darn dangerous and so difficult is because it hangs out to so many things and it, and it gets into the organs responsible for its removal and people take the synthetic chelators which often do more harm than good. But nowadays there are better ways. There's sweat therapies, there's intestinal binders, which are attractive in the fact that they can help you clean out the gut. If you talk to Dr. Grishane, as I have before, and ask him, look, what are, what are the most important points you're going to get to, involved in before you detox? And he's going to tell, look, clean out the gut. Clean out the gut because a lot of heavy metals are stored in the gut, in the gut lining. And they're going to stay there until you clean it out. So how do you clean it up? Well, there's detox diets to clean out the intestines. There's candida diets and candida supplements and ways to get rid of the parasites and bad bacteria in your gut because sometimes the bad bacteria in the gut can change methyl into different methyl mercury into different forms which makes it more difficult to get rid of okay so you want to clean out the gut you're going to have to have two bowel movements a day because if the mercury is going out through the intestine you better make sure it gets out of there instead of stays in the gut if it stays in the gut there's a chance it's going to be reabsorbed through the hepatic portal vein when your mercury is attached to a chelator and a fat transporter Oftentimes what the body does is reabsorb the fats through the hepatoportal vein, go back into the liver with a with a fats or redigest it. So if you're not eliminating regularly, there's a chance you're going to reabsorb mm -hmm. the mercury into the blood and around and around she goes and you're going to develop horrible mercury detox symptoms including brain fog and muscle aches and maybe heart palpitations and more mineral deficiencies and insomnia, anxiety. <laughs> you get the picture. It's not an easy gig. So if you're detoxing, you need a professional like yours truly or you who have understood the processes and guide you through it because there's going to be a, a point in somebody's life when they're detoxing that they're going to get really messed up. And they're going to say, look, Sandy, I've got, I'm, I'm worried. I've got insomnia. I've got getting anxiety. I don't know what I'm doing. I took too many DMSAs. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I have short-term memory loss. Can you help me? And then you're going to have to go through the, the three-hour lecture. Okay. I need you to sit down and listen to me. And then you have to go step by step. Totally. Oftentimes the first step is sweat therapies. Why? Because you're leveling out the, the heavy metals and you're preparing the body to engage in utilization of natural detoxification processes. The body knows more than we do. The body is smarter than we are. We're not that smart. The body is. Do you know the reason why the mercury that the body takes the mercury out of the blood and puts it into your tissues? It's saving your life. If that mercury stays in your blood, you're going to die. Yeah. So it takes it out of the blood and puts it in the tissues to save your life. The same thing happens with arteriosclerosis. Why does the body take out cholesterol and calcium and patch your arteries? To keep you alive. 
Yeah. If it didn't, you would die. The body is way smarter than we are. You want to learn how to do something, study the way the body gets around to doing it. Because the body is way smarter than we will ever be. Not at least in my lifetime. Yeah. No, everything that you're saying really makes a lot of sense. And, you know, even still, like when you're talking about allowing the organs to open up and to allow drainage. So, you know, like you're saying, if the if the organs are burdened with this this heavy metal, they're not going to just detox and go, okay, I'm out. I'm seeing you now. Bye-bye. It doesn't work that simple. And that's why actually I speak about, I'm going to write a post about Candida because people will go to the store, they'll buy that box off the shelf, right? And think that they're doing a detox. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let's see what's happening with your liver first. Let's see. You can't just take a box off the shelf and think that I'm going to detox and the Candida is not going to keep recirculating within the body, right? You got it. You absolutely got it. There, it's a process of procedure, and yeah. how people get in trouble and get sick is is they don't go through the process. This is a marathon, not a race. Yeah. Before you engage this, dear totally. God, most everybody in the in the world is toxic. The stories I could tell you are mind blowing to the point where you're going to have to check some of them out because they sound so insanely fantastic. Look, right now there is a worldwide uh, thing going on where everybody is mining for gold. There is what they call artisanal mining. It is the number one source of mercury in the environment is artisanal mining. And the reason for that is gold has a price of whatever, $2,000 an ounce. Everybody's out there in the in the streams panning for gold using mercury. You buy mercury off the used metal market for practically nothing because a lot of industries are getting rid of mercury because EPA says you can't use mercury. So oh, we better get rid of it, put it, sell it. So who do they sell it to? They sell it to the artisanal miners. What are they doing? They're out there panning for gold, dumping the, the mercury into the pan. It's it's attracting, it's amalgamating all the gold. You get a glob. How do you get rid of the gold out of the glob of mercury? You burn it off in a pan. You go to town. You get your 20 bucks for your gold, and then you go party or hopefully feed your kids. You know, if you're Latin American, you probably have a big family. Hopefully you're feeding your kids uh, and not partying with the money. But look, 20% of the entire Amazon rainforest is now mercury toxic because everybody's out there panning for gold. Look, if, if, I was a, if I was a psychopath and I wanted to kill a lot of people, all I got to do is raise the price of gold. Everybody, you're going to make $3 a day farming, $2 a day in a factory, or $20 a day out there panning for gold. I'm panning for gold. I want to buy a new pair of dungarees and an iPod, whatever. Uh, I'm going to feed my kids. So that's why you're out there doing it. So the biggest, right now, there's more mercury in the atmosphere ever before. I don't have to get it, go and grab a meter. Look, here's a story I've got to tell you. Way back when, go back 20 years or so, they dug an ice core in a glacier in Wyoming. They looked at the different levels of mercury in the atmosphere to determine where the mercury is coming from. The second biggest input of mercury into the atmosphere in the past 500 years is from the California gold rush of 1849 to 1884. Look, that was just California gold rushing. All right, that was California. California doesn't gold rush anymore. There's nobody using mercury pouring it into pans or pouring it in the fields or whatever. Now there's a gold rush going on all over the planet. Places like Philippines, Ghana, Cameroon, Colombia, Ecuador. These places are using thousands of tons of mercury a year to pour into pants so people can get a shiny metal that they can make $20 on and party. Most of the time it's probably partying. God 
God help them. They live probably live an incredibly rough, rough life. And the fact that they're super mercury toxic because they just don't have the money for the protective equipment to protect them from inhaling the mercury goes into the lungs, into the blood, right into the right through the blood brain barrier is a gas. Once it's inside the brain, it gets turned into an ionic form and it's trapped there. Hello, Alzheimer's. Look, then they developed a new Mad Hatter. The first time anyone ever discussed a mental illness in a common vernacular was the Mad Hatter. 1860, people are making hats and cleaning hat fibers and all this with mercury nitrate. They're inhaling it. They're, they're inhaling it and it's making them crazy. They're becoming eccentric and there's all kinds of shyness and there's all these odd behaviors and they get what they call hatter shakes. Hi, can I take your hat? Yeah, sure, I'll clean it. Let me, let me have your hat. Hello, Parkinson's. Right, not only that, but the hatters were crazy. If you were going to refer to someone as crazy back in 1865 in London, England, you wouldn't say bananas, crazy, wacko, whatever. You would say, oh, oh, he's mad as a hatter. And yeah. everybody knew what you were talking about. Hello, Alice in Wonderland. Because the crazy people were the hatters because they were inhaling mercury, mercury gas when they're using it all the time. And they had what they call the hatter shakes. They had the Parkinson's disease. And they were nuts. They were eccentric, crazy, wacko. You didn't want anything to do with the hatter. Oh, no, he's, that, he's mad as a hatter. And everybody knew what that was. Now, fast forward to today's day and age. One out of, one out of three people over the age of 80 is going to die from Alzheimer's disease. This is a direct result from metal, heavy metal accumulation in the, in the brain. Now, it's just not just that. There's another story with aluminum, and there's part of the story yeah. with glyphosate. It's all wrapped up together, yeah. and they're all working together to cause these dementia-like symptoms in Alzheimer's. In another 20 years, two out of every three people over the age of 80 is going to die from Alzheimer's or related dementia disease. It's going to start killing people more and more and more. Why? Because they're not detoxing. You cannot wait till you're 80 years old to detox because your brain and kidney are already full of metals and the body's kind of, well, not working as well. And listen, you're, you, it's going to be very hard. You need to detox at my age or younger to get rid of the trash because remember, mercury stays in your body almost forever. Okay. That's a lot so, of information. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I... Listen, I I have done a little bit of research in this area um, as it relates to mercury and aluminum and, of course, glyphosate and all the beautiful things that we are exposed to. So if you're living in, let's say, a suburb, like I live in a suburb just outside of Toronto, what's the mm -hmm. best way that I can optimize my de natural detoxing functions? We talked about sweat but I always say everybody like we're designed to move our bodies. We're designed to we're not designed to sit in front of a computer like you and I are right now. <laughs> you know, That's right. eight hours a day. We're designed to walk, get out in the sunshine and our right. body like we're supposed to be sweating. Um, and then, of course, I do a lot of other things. I do uh, infrared um Sorry, near infrared, far infrared. I do all of those things because I live in a cold climate too. So I'm not going to sweat sure. when I go for a walk right now unless I really bundle up. But what else can we do other than that? What what can someone do to be proactive if they're not seeing a practitioner? Okay. The first rule of, of detox in my book is you have to prevent more toxins from getting into the body. So you're going to have to go organic. You're going to have to avoid GMOs. 
All your glyphosate's coming from your GMOs. 80% of all genetically modified foods are engineered to withstand glyphosate. Glyphosate causes cancer. There's no doubt about it. Ask the people that are getting paid out billion-dollar settlements in California. Glyphosate is incredibly toxic. It was first patented in the 1960s as a heavy metal chelator. Does that sound, does that ring, uh, set off an alarm bell? In You're your kidding. Head? Yeah. Should. So the first thing is, look, go organic. The next thing is that your diet should be 80% organic vegetables. The reason for it is that the organic vegetables contain something like 65 more times uh, antioxidants than your average, your average daily diet, which is typically a lot of junk. Look, all of your heavy metals, such as aluminum, are in processed foods, such as you know, anything that's a powder contains aluminum anti-caking agent. Oh, yeah. All right. Look, uh, look. you're going to have to avoid some of these prescription drugs like the antacid tablets. My father used to eat them by the handful because yes. he had acid reflux. Yeah. Each one of those tablets contains 500 milligrams of aluminum. Wow. And that's going into your blood. 85% of all the aluminum you're just ingesting is going to end up in your brain, according to the research studies that I've read. 85%. The reason it's for that is because neurons are the longest lived cells in your body and the aluminum is going to attach and stay there attached. It, aluminum is very sticky. Mercury. The heavy metals can really stick the tissues they are hard to get rid of. So those, those alum, that aluminum goes past the blood-brain barrier, of course, yeah. and it, it attaches to neural cells and it stays there and it causes all these problems. You have to get rid of processed foods. You have to go organic. You have to avoid carnivorous fish, large carnivorous fish. Eat lower fish, lower on the food chain. Avoid fish from contaminated like areas tuna. in San Francisco. Tuna's big, right? Like, Sorry? name some of the big fish. Like, tuna's one of them. Um, okay, sharks. Large tuna. D- like it- large tuna over the size of, say, 20, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. Swordfish. Look, tuna, swordfish, tuna, tilefish, shark, yeah. et cetera. Okay. <laughs> so... These fish can contain 100 times more mercury than smaller fish that feed lower on the food chain. If you get a big swordfish that's been eating mercury-contaminated smaller fish for its entire life and it stopped growing, it's going to stop expanding its tissue, but it's going to keep accumulating mercury because it's going to keep eating. So some of these large swordfish that you have are 100 times more mercury than, say, a small anchovy that you're eating now most of the time people don't sit down for a bowl of anchovies it doesn't happen okay i realize that (laughs) fact but look if you're going to eat a fish that's lower on the food chain it's going to contain one to five percent of the mercury that a larger fish that eats a lot of carnivores that eats that eats a lot of smaller fish so be smart eliminate the toxins number one so your avoidance processed foods get rid of mercury amalgam fillings uh you know, don't live near a coal-burning power plant because they're always full of of gases, of heavy metals. Don't live a, live near a, a plant, a smelting plant, or any, any kind of metal works. They're always kicking out these plumes of toxic metals. Look, I'll tell you another story. I've, I've just been reading so many things for so many years. If you're near a volcano for, let's say, a day, you go out and visit one of the volcanoes in Hawaii or whatever – you can measure an incredible amount of heavy metals in your urine the next day. It's because these volcanic plumes contain a lot of vapors of metals and you're inhaling them. Same thing happens in coal-burning power plants. Same thing happened to me when I was taking out the ashes from the coal bin. Same thing happens with volcanoes. In and around the, the, the what they call the mercuriferous belt, which is all the way around the Pacific, you're going to have higher levels of mercury because there's volcanic activity. You're going to be inhaling them. 
educate yourself, empower yourself so you can avoid taking in more of these heavy metals. Mm-hmm. Avoid, look, I have a client in, in Canada who was telling me that his, his water out of the ground contains cadmium. And I thought, huh? Look, I, don't almost, I almost don't even want to know how that's getting in there. But I told him, look, get yourself a carbon ion exchange resin filter and filter out all the heavy metals in the water. That's the first thing. Get your water tested. Eliminate heavy metals in, in, in water. One of the questions you asked me was a, a good one, and it's a darn good one. I can tell you did your homework. That question was, how many long-term studies are there of aluminum toxicity associated with Alzheimer's? And I, I had to think. I said, whoa, not very many. This woman's done her homework. Look, the reason for that is there's not a lot of funds for Alzheimer's and aluminum toxicity. And the reason for that, look, go on PubMed and look up uh, aluminum, long-term studies, aluminum toxicity, and Alzheimer's. You're going to come up with maybe three papers, three papers. And one of them has to do with a 15-year study where anyone, it was like thousands and thousands of people, people that were drinking water that contained 0.1 milligrams per liter of aluminum, developed Alzheimer's, it was statistically significant. The reason I'm bringing this up now, there isn't any. There isn't any. First, before I'll say that, there isn't any funds for for studying Alzheimer's. Whether for or against the connection between aluminum and Alzheimer's, there aren't any studies. Now, if you put in the same PubMed engine, long-term studies, prescription drugs, Alzheimer's, you come up with 600 published studies. Wow, that should be significant information. The reason I bring that up is number one. The number one way aluminum gets into the body that creates Alzheimer's is through water because they use aluminum sulfate for wastewater treatment to remove particles from the water. Um. I know a lot about water. I got a PhD in aquaculture. So how do you get rid of that? There's always trace levels of aluminum when they're treating it wastewater treatment using aluminum sulfate. How do you get rid of that? Well, just use one of these cartridge filters to take out all the heavy metals. There's zero water filter in Amazon. It has to contain activated carbon and ion exchange resin. You can measure the total dissolved solids as zero. They give you little meters there. Nowadays, it's trendy to have your own TDS meter. Back in the day, it was a big machine. You don't want to know when I was in undergrad. Uh, but uh, nowadays, it's trendy. You know, ooh, hey, I've got a zero water filter and a little meter. Fantastic. Use the thing. Check it out. Okay. You can I ask you a question? Metals out of your water. Go ahead. Um, about that. So... If you're, so what you're saying is city water, when it comes through your tap, it will have aluminum in it. 50% of all tap water in the United States will contain traces levels of aluminum of 0.1 milligrams or higher. And the 15 year study says you're going to develop Alzheimer's. So I don't know. Is every single person going to test every single tap water? Nah. But look, just do the right thing and the the water you're going to drink. Either make sure if it's bottled water that is free of heavy metals and they test for it. They do nowadays. Yeah. People will test. You know, they test your chlorella before you take it as an intestinal binder. They'll actually send you a test. Say, hey, can I get a mercury test on your chlorella spirulina? They say, sure. If they don't, move on to the next manufacturer. Same thing with your water. Does your water contain heavy metals? Oh, no, Dr. Bill. Here's our analysis. We use the so-and-so test. Great. Fantastic. If you're unsure filter the water through activated carbon ion yes. exchange resins, okay. measure the dang thing with a TDS meter, and be sure to eliminate that stuff because 50% of all, especially in New York cities, where they're, you know, wastewater treatment, it's got all kinds yep. of garbage in yep. it, undigested prescription drugs, yep. etc. Look, just filter the dang water and prevent any toxins yep. from getting into your blood. And people say there's too much to learn. Look, look at the videos, read the book, yep. educate yourself. 
Because don't let happen to you what happened to me. The reason what happened to me is because none of these buggers can help me. Okay, if they could have, I wouldn't be here sitting in front of you talking to you right now. I wouldn't have written my book. I wouldn't have the, wrote the, the Mighty Illuminum book that I wrote. I wouldn't have gotten involved with this. I would not be healing people now. Sci real scientists go after areas where they're needed the most, where the real problems are. Wow, look at this. How does that happen? And then the aha moment happens. Whoa, look at this mercury level. Whoa, I just got rid of that. Look what's what therapy does. And then you begin reading and you become... You become engrossed in this, and it takes over your life, and you're not done with it till you're done with it. And when you're done with it, then you go out and help other people. And that's how the whole thing started and, and happened. And I hope I answered your question. Yes, <laughs> you did. You did. You totally did. Okay. Because okay. I, I've actually recorded podcasts about water and how why you shouldn't be drinking tap water. I you know, right. And even the other day, my, my husband, he's like, oh, I'm just going to drink tap water. I'm like, no. We have filtering systems. Why would you go and drink water from our tap? Like so, uh, you're you're definitely preaching to the choir over here. So um, now, a couple of things that we haven't covered yet uh -huh. is rife. Let's talk a little about rife, rife technology, because you know we kind of we've we've given a lot of the listeners some options some ways to avoid mercury. First off, you sure. want to try and avoid it. Second off, there's things that you can do to ensure that that balance stays balanced within your body. You know, sweat therapy and eating organic and drinking clean water. And these are all, and, and, and eating good food. I always say, you know, eat whole real foods, period. Watch what you're eating. Absolutely. And then, um, Absolutely. so, I do want to get into Rife, but actually before that, because you're very, very um, well-versed in aquaculture, is our, our you know, chlorella, um, chlorophyll, that type of algae, is that mercury-free? I think you kind of touched on it to check with the manufacturers to see if it's clean, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Is that... That's right. So... Yeah, is that something that's that a, I want to just touch that, on that? That's that's absolutely a regular thing. Nowadays, when you buy something, you can ask the manufacturer, do you test for heavy metals? Educate yourself. Be a little bit aggressive. Hey, do you test for heavy metals? And if they say, well, we, what do you mean heavy metals? You want to move on to the next manufacturer. Chlorella and spirulina in the environment can absorb heavy metals just like it does in your body. And in fact... Um, you know, they actually use yeast and wastewater treatment to absorb heavy metals out of the water. It's a, it's a regular process that you can engage as a wastewater treatment operator is to add yeast to the water, absorbs heavy metals, you remove the yeast, you, you remove the heavy metals. That's wow. how good it is. So there's a word to wise about candida. But also algaes do the same thing. They absorb heavy metals. So if they're growing algaes in a pond or tank somewhere in Hawaii, Taiwan, there's two areas that grow them. Uh, you want to ask them, when's the last time you test for your heavy metals? And if they say, well, what do you mean heavy metals? Move right on to the next manufacturer. Because okay. when I wrote my manufacturer, he said, oh, yeah, we've done that you know, two days ago. Here's the latest test. You know, here's the last three months of testing. There's no mercury down to 0. 0.00001 milligrams per liter. Okay, you know, hooray, hooray. I can take the chlorella spirulina as an intestinal binder. Because eventually when you get into – originally there's sweat therapies I recommend. Set the stage. Set the table, baby, for the party. Next you're going to get into intestinal binders. Clean out the gut. Clean yeah. out the gut. Yeah. Clean up your diet. 
detox your, your kidney and liver. And the final stage is where you're going to get into liposomal vitamin C, liposomal glutathione, which gets into the, into the liver. The liver uh, basically digests the fat, releases the vitamin C and the glutathione into the blood. When that happens, it turns on the chelation, that body's natural chelation process going through the liver, gastrointestinal tract, and out with regular excretion. But that's really the hardcore third stage with the way I run it. When you're into the glutathione, the gloves are off and you're at it, baby. You're finishing. You're coming down the stretch. But remember, it's still a marathon. It's not a race. This is not something you're going to bang. Oh, well, I'll take 10 chlorella tablets, Saturday, yeah. and I'll be through with it. Oh, dear Jesus, it don't work like that. It works as an everyday slow process. You never add more than 5% increase per week as you're going through the detox process. It's slow. It's an arduous task. Read the books if you doubt me. But that's the way it runs. So, yeah, you know, that's okay. the way it runs in terms of how that thing goes, the intestinal binder bit. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Now, can we get into RIFE? What is RIFE and where does that fit into all of this and how do you use it in your own practice? Okay, so how I got involved in RIFE is, I don't know, about eight, seven years ago, one of my friends comes up to me and says, you know, you're really into this alternative health thing. You're writing books, you're treating people. Do you ever look into RIFE technology? Well, I looked into it and I said, wow. And I just dumped $7,000, got all the equipment and immediately began using it. I've been using computers now for 40 years. I knew I've been, the first computers that came out, I was writing the basic computer programs. I just picked it up and began using it. And a lot of people have told me, well, you know, it just doesn't happen like that for us. Well, okay. So I began uh, treating people, uh, training people for it, but they still, you know, some people become intimidated by it. So I just began using it and, and treating people. And then I began researching it. This book, uh, The Cancer Cure That Worked, is really a good one. It tells the story of Royal Rife. 1920s, we'll go back to Royal Rife. Super, super intelligent guy. He's on the level of Tesla genius. He's got this world's most powerful microscope. It's 200 times more powerful than anything at that time. He's looking at bacteria and live viruses by using a special lens that filters light. That's as far as I'm going to go into it. I don't want to lose anybody. He's looking at these bacteria. He's, he's manipulating analog machines to dial in certain frequencies. He's noticing that the bad bacteria are disintegrating with certain frequencies. Lights go on. Bing, bing, bing. Tell him what he's want, Johnny. Look, he starts killing stuff. He starts killing cancer cells, viruses. He starts noticing the changes that between things that happen and how these frequencies don't affect normal cells. He then goes on to heal late fourth stage, fully metastasized client patient, uh, cancer patients like I have done already. And it's one intense ride. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's one roller coaster ride that you just you have to be ready for, trust me. So when he's doing that, 14 out of 15 people are getting healed. What, what does the FDA comes to him and says, whoa, slow, slow down the horses, buddy. What are you doing? You're curing what? Cancer. No, cancer doesn't get cured. There's no cure for cancer. Cancer is an industry. It's not a disease. Industries perpetuate themselves. Diseases are cured. The very idea of a disease indicates that it has a cure and it needs to be cured. An industry is an industry. What does an industry do? It propels itself. Well, we're going to keep this industry going. People have jobs. We'll make money. Hey, hey, come on. Yeah. Of course, of course. So he really, they came in, the FDA, they came in, they took his equipment. Uh, they discredited 
He was his work was discredited. Uh, everybody let him go. Although he had proponents, he had advocates, he had peers that came into his laboratory and saw in real life time him kill. They saw Royal Rife kill these bad bacteria. They saw him kill the cancer cells. They saw him inject these guinea pigs with cancer. They came down with cancer, and then then he saw the guinea pigs be healed. There were contemporaries that witnessed it in real time. It's well documented. There were major newspapers at the time in the 1920s that said, you know, wild scientist uh, has ray gun that can kill cancer cells. Well, good, but bad in the fact that FDI said, no, 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 no. Yeah. There's no cure for cancer. Come on, silly scientist. You can't do that. You know, but what we, what we can't do is discredit you. Take away your stuff. He dies an alcoholic, dead by, 19, I think, 1971, but his work lives on. Yeah. His work lives on. John White, who I know pretty darn well after this time, he's interviewed me three times, uh, picks the ball up, uh, develops Spooky 2 software. Now we're yeah. manipulating waveforms, amplitude. Yeah. We're, we're, we're have these presets. Everything about a, a, a frequency can be manipulated. We can, we can have frequency wobbles. We can turn it off and on. we got a duty cycle. Now you've got rife technology on steroids. Now when I go after a cancer cell, I can whack it in one or two treatments. Now if I go after a shingles virus, I can smash it in two hours and the person leave, that leaves with that virus dead. A week later they call me, yeah, all the shingles have healed. Now these are people that have had this stuff for decades. Now when you get on that kind of high, it becomes addictive. And the next thing you want is something bigger. Your, your, your intellectual muscles get bigger and bigger and you want a bigger fight. I can do this more. I can whack this. I can do that. Ebola, Ebola can kiss my butt. Give it to me and I'll beat the crap out of it right now. <laughs> you get so turned on by doing this and you see the injustice of modern medicine in terms of its pathetic attempt to heal people from chronic disease. Right now, the grants for the two largest diseases that are killing people, heart disease and cancer are through the roof and these diseases have not experienced any decline in the past 25 years. Now that is... Okay, on a business level, we're making lots of money. I've got a third summer home. But people are suffering like dogs dying in the street. And I've seen people suffer. If you've seen a cancer eat somebody alive in the late fourth stage, you know what pain and suffering is. And once you see that, you never forget it and you're never the same. So I go at it. I get angry sometimes and I go at it and I look for challenges. And when I hit this thing, I go at it like somebody who's on another level of, of intensity and I don't think I'll ever be the same. So bottom line, if they fixed me 10 years ago, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be angry. I'd be healed and moving on, some, studying something, some, something else somewhere. Maybe UFOs or something. I don't know. Maybe that's still to come. <laughs> you never know. Um, <laughs> right? Um, okay. Right. So, Rife, I do know I've actually done my own research on the spooky too. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. I've never used yeah. it, but I know... Yes. A little about it so it really has to do with frequencies is that right yes. like it's like a frequency that you apply to the body correct to yes. the unwell the body i give it okay look the classic example i get when i get 99 percent of the people i see that know a rife from a frequency from a hole in the ground fair enough I realize people aren't weird like me so look if i had a glass in my hand a regular borosilicate glass Okay, a regular average drinking glass, yeah. and you hit a high C note, 52 
hertz or whatever that 552 hertz okay. look the big glass begins resonating and then it just what it breaks yeah that is the resonant frequency for glass lo and behold all matter of the universe has a resonant frequency which can destroy it or make it stronger end of end of discussion if you don't believe it get a glass a professional singer better than me can hit a high c note the glass breaks a million out of a million times now let's go a step further every single form of matter in the universe has a frequency that can destroy it and make it destroy it every single time or make it stronger it affects it we are frequency we are energy 99.9999999% frequency and matter the atoms are empty get over it quantum entanglement is real get over it okay get on with your exciting lives all right accept it as i did i struggled with it i get over it i'm a quantum physicist let's get on to the next show and the next bunch of fun time so Knowing that you have to understand that each and every virus, the best and easiest thing I do for my clients is kill bad bacteria, viruses, or parasites that don't, that don't belong in the human body. Going back to 1960s, another pioneer in the field of alternative medicine, Dr. Holda Clark stated, which I poo-pooed at years ago, she said that chronic disease is caused by parasitic load in the human body. I read that and go, well, but people don't have parasites. Ooh, but they do. When you get into studying Rife technology, the Rife frequency scans will show you the parasites in your body. And I look at people and I say, you have intestinal problems? Yes, I do. You have pain in your stomach when you eat? Yes, I do. And then I kill it a week later. They're well most of the time, unless they have massive intestinal damage from multitudes of parasites. Sometimes it takes six months for the gut to fully heal before yeah. they're perfectly digesting food, not having intestinal difficulties, not having irritable bowel syndromes, which are sometimes stress-related, and so on. So to understand Rife technology, you must understand in the magical world of physics and quantum reality, all matter has a frequency which can destroy it. I don't care if it's an Ebola, if it's a Corona Bologna virus. I don't care what it is. There is a frequency which can destroy it, whether it be a spike protein, which I published on the internet on sarahwestall.com. It's a coronavirus. I've killed a coronavirus. It's a weak virus. It is a weak virus that's easy to kill. I've done it many times. The problem is when somebody gets sick from that virus, they're whisked away to the hospital and put into a quarantine room, and we can't see them because we're all going to die. <laughs> I'm already dead. I think I'm already dead. I'm not quite sure. Somebody get me a booster. I'm feeling kind of weak. Well, the truth is it's a load of baloney. It's a load of fear of compliance. That's I love it. Bill, and, I love well, your passion. Truth. But the your truth. passion, I just love your passion. I love it. You're just obviously someone who really wants to make a difference in people's lives and i i really respect that very much so Thanks. um so yes uh i think i think we've kind of covered most things right <laughs> i mean i could probably talk to you for another hour but you know we got work to do here i have a question for you um do you do you work um do you have to see people in, in real life like to do some of the things that you do or can you do work remotely can you work i don't know okay, how do you so, work yeah most of the time when you're doing scans you have to be there i have to attach pads to i run yeah. frequencies from forty-one thousand to 1.8 million hertz i look for the glass that's breaking in your body whatever bad thing that you have in your body there'll be a resonance there'll be a frequency absorption and the computer will record it then i reapply those frequencies in real time face-to-face -face using a plasma 
a plasma tube or a plasma ball, and that plasma is the strongest form of Rife technology that I'm aware of. I've just gotten into scalar technology. It's a oh, trip. Yeah. I'm healing people using yeah. scalar fields now, and I'm ready for the next thing, whatever. Whatever comes down, whatever well, happens next, I look agent. So we do, but there is something called quantum entanglement, and I'll leave you with this. 1943, Einstein says two particles are related. If we separate them, what we do to one affects the other. He called it spooky action at a distance. Thus, we have the software spooky, too. Yeah. Now, how does that relate to us? It means that if I take a piece of fingernail, a piece of DNA, and I put it into a machine and I expose it to frequencies, it affects all the other DNA that's exactly the same no matter where you are in the universe. Now, I have a whole lot of people saying, well, I just don't understand that. I can't do it. I can't see it. I understand it's not going to work. Then it works. Whether or not you care about it doesn't matter. It still works. That still works. It doesn't matter where you are. Case in point, I've got this woman. Uh, she has a pleurisy. It's an infection of the lining of the lungs. Yeah. I kill, I think it was a bacteria, but she still has inflammation and pain. She wants to go to trip to uh, Argentina at the time. I say, fine, go. I'll treat you remotely. I have a piece of her fingernail. I'm putting it in machines. And she's in Argentina. It's affecting her. Except quantum entanglement. Look, a lot of people believe in God. How many times have you met God? Well, not that I remember. I don't know. But I believe in a divine creator. You have to accept the fact that quantum entanglement exists and you can use it to the benefit of helping people. But you may not be able to see it or understand it entirely. So what? Use it. Use yeah. it. God gave you quantum entanglement. The classic examples is, look, a, a mother oftentimes knows exactly what happened to her baby no matter where she is at the exact same time. The DNA is related. DNA has energy. It has memory. If I get a kidney, let's say my kidney goes bad, I it's full of heavy metals, I get somebody else's kidney put in. Suddenly, I develop the characteristics of the person who gave me the kidney. I never like French fries. I never like spicy food. I hate horror films. I never like horror films. Now, all of a sudden, I like all that stuff. Wait a minute. I'm 40 years old. I, I've never liked any of that stuff. Why do I like that now? Weird, weird, weird. There are tens of thousands of examples of this on the internet. I go back to the person who gave me the kidney. I say, wait a minute. Did you like French fries? Did you like hot spice food? Did you like core films? Oh, yeah, I love those. I can't live without them. Wait a minute. That's kind of weird. How many times does that happen? 10,000 times in a row. Sound familiar? Look, DNA has energy. It has memory. It's called quantum entanglement. One piece of DNA affects the rest of the exact DNA. This is the reality of quantum entanglement. Accept it, get over it. We have to get on with our lives. Get on to something important. Accept it, get over it. All right, don't beat yourself up about it. Accept it, get over it, get on with it. Wait for the next gig. Wait for the next important thing coming along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole thing on scalar light and being able to use that to heal with just photographs, right? from a distance that, that's a right, whole that's other a conversation whole... right yeah you bet it is yeah you bet it is i haven't so, gotten into that i haven't really gotten into that well yeah i've 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 learned a little bit about that and i've interviewed someone on that so that's that's actually to come but okay so where can we find you what you know do you have a website if you could share with us how others can get in touch with you and sure. maybe find some of your books. Let us know right now. Okay, so the books are on Amazon. I know some people ask me, well, where can I buy your book other than Amazon? I don't like Amazon. <laughs> but the fact is, Amazon's everywhere. If you want to access the, you know, the, the multitudes, you're going to have to have a platform where people can access your stuff. Totally. The multitudes can get a hold of it. So that's Amazon. If you go to my website, which is New Aqua Tech Panama, so N-A-W-A-Q-U-A-T-E-C-H-P-A-N-A-M-A dot com. 
Uh, you're going to find all my articles that I publish, my books for sale, the e-publications, uh, my podcasts and interviews and research I've done and so on. My, my CV is there. All that fun stuff you'll find on my website. Other than that, just put in Dr. Bill McGraw. All kinds of stuff will come up. I've been publishing stuff on the Internet now for 10 years at least. And you can get a hold of him. My email's there. There's a contact. There's a list of aquaculture classes. I'm currently in the middle of teaching my basics of aquaculture class, which is all about organic farming, organic aquaculture. My students love it. It's challenging. But, boy, they get a lot out of it for 14 classes that I teach. So my classes, my contact information, all the articles and books and all that that I've done is all there. That's amazing. I want to thank you for this amazing and really engaging conversation. Thank you for coming today. Thank you very much for having me. I'd love to do it again as soon as we can. Yeah. Join me next week where I cover off more exciting topics. I hope to continue to engage you and excite you and show you that living in your 40s, 50s, and beyond can be exciting, balanced, and helpful. Bye for now.